And we're live. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. Before we get started, make sure to hit that little subscribe button right down there for the Matthew Paris Show. We have a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk Texas sports. Heck, we talk all kinds of sports. So let's get into it. Let's talk about college football for a second. Jimbo Fisher has been fired from Texas A&M University. This comes after a 51-10 win over Mississippi State. Um... Yeah, it's, uh, that's a surprise because I, I at least saw at A&M, the athletic director will let Jimbo Fisher finish out the season, but that doesn't prove true right now. Um, however, the big news is uh, Jimbo Fisher will reportedly cost Texas A&M University about $77 million to buy out his contract. He, had, he signed an extension for eight years. Uh, this is according to multiple reports and the salary tracking website uh, SpotTrack. After the school relieves him of his duties as head football coach on Sunday, it will be the biggest buyout in college football history. Um, when Fisher was first named head football coach at Texas A&M in 2017, the university said he had agreed to a 10-year contract worth $75 million, adding no state-appropriate funds. Uh, it would be used towards his salary. The finances behind the decision to fire the coach are monumental. Ross Bjork, Texas A&M Director of Athletics, said during the Sunday evening news conference. In 2021, Texas A&M extended uh, Fisher's contract for an addition four years through the 2031 season, giving him an annual salary of more than $9 million. As the contract states, there is a buyout provision in Coach Fisher's contract in which details will be worked out, Bjork said. Texas A&M Athletics, as an independent fundraising organization for the department, will be the solo sources of the necessary funds covering these transition costs. We will use unrestricted contributions within the 12th Man Foundation for the first one-time payments, and the athletic department will fund the annual payments for the remaining portion by growing our revenues and adjusting our annual operating budget accordingly, Bjork said. This will only involve athletics and 12th Man Foundation funds. This season, the Aggies are 6-4 overall and 4-3 in the Southeastern Conference. With two games remaining in the 2023 season at home against Abilene Christian Wildcats on Saturday and on the road against the LSU Tigers on November 25th. Explaining his decision, the athletic director said, while the timing is not ideal, see, I thought he was going to wait till the end of the season, he felt the team needed a shift in the direction. Our program is stuck in neutral. We should be relevant on the national scene. Something is not clicking. Something is not working. And therefore, something had to give in order for Aggie football to reach our full potential, Bjork said during the news conference. Fisher was 45-25 and 25 in six seasons at Texas A&M. He, um, he was hired in December 2017 after spending eight seasons uh, as head coach at Florida State University where he led the Seminoles to a national championship. He, however, never did that with uh, Texas A&M University. He was expected to come in. He was expected to lead the football team to a national title, and it never really happened. Um, so who are the list of potential candidates for Jimbo Fisher after his firing from Texas A&M? Uh, it's reported by Pete Tamell that the early list of potential names for Texas A&M, knowing money is no object, Lane Kiffin is one, Mike Elko, Mike Norvell, Dan Lanning, Jeff Trailer, Chris Kleiman, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kalen DeBoer. Um, so we'll see how that pans out there. I think the early, early front runner right now is Lane Kiffin. Um, this comes from uh, Football Scoop. Lane Kiffin addresses Texas A&M opening. Jimbo Fisher's number one nemesis is now listed as a candidate for Jimbo's old job. 
if you had to pinpoint one person that's ultimately responsible for pushing Jimbo Fisher out at Texas A&M, other than Jimbo himself, it would be Lane Kiffin. Let's start with the fact that it was Ole Miss 38-35 win over Texas A&M last Saturday, November 4th, that served as the final straw for Athletic Director Ross Bjork and the A&M Board of Regents. That loss triggered the board meeting last Thursday, where the decision to end Jimbo's highly publicized, wildly expensive tenure. But it was more than just that one game, obviously. Lane went 3-0 against Jimbo, and his 29-19 win over November 13, 2021 was arguably the single most damaging of Fisher's 70-game tenure. At that time, A&M was 7-2 on the season, had beat number 1 Alabama four weeks prior, and was 17-3 in its last 20 games. The Aggies were ranked number 11 in the country with game day in town for the matchup with number 15 Ole Miss on number 1 recruiting class weeks away from signing. The vibes were undoubtedly good for Texas A&M. From that point forward, Texas A&M was 12-13 overall with 7-12 against the Power 5. Losses in Oxford, Book and Fisher's tenure, ending nine-game road losing streak. Beyond that, Lane was Jimbo's number one public antagonist. It's basically like everyone's got different salary caps. I joked the other day, are they going to impl- implement a luxury tax on Texas at Texas A&M? Lane joked, joked last year. We tried to keep him. We got outbid, kind of a common theme with that program, Lane said, on losing defensive coordinator DJ Durkin and A&M ahead of last season. When Lane asked if A&M would have to pay a luxury tax for its number one rated uh, 2022 signing class, Jimbo shot back, referring to him and others as clown acts. When Ole Miss won at Kyle Field the night before Halloween in 2022, Lane said, maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for him. So, yeah, um, We'll see. We'll see if Lane Kiffin has it. We'll see if the other uh, potential list of candidates have it. You know, Cliff Kingsbury's on that one. Um, I went to college with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech University. I remember when he was head coach at Texas Tech University, he did okay there. Uh, Then he became head coach at the Arizona Cardinals. He did so-so there. And I believe now he's with USC. But could he be in the running for Texas A&M head coach? I think Lane Kiffin right now is probably the best choice. So, uh We'll see. We'll see right there. Let's move on. Let's move on to NFL football. Uh, The Houston Texans. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. They're second right now in the AFC South. They had been uh, in in a uh, final on Sunday, November 5th. Texans were 39, Buccaneers 37 in a a, uh, historic performance by C.J. Stroud with uh, 470 yards passing and five touchdowns with no interceptions. Let's talk about this game, though. The Texans also beat the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, that was the final score yesterday, 30-27, to after the Bengals were predicted to uh, win by six points or more. Um, Texans, the Houston Texans do have the Arizona Cardinals next on Sunday, November 19th. That game is at noon, 12 o'clock p.m. East, uh, Central Time. Um, let's see here. It's week 10. Cincinnati Bengals uh, dropped the game to the Houston Texans. Uh, the 69 Bengals 30 to 27 loss to Houston, Texas on Sunday was full of uh, moments like the wide receiver with the best hands on the team dropping the game when he touched down. Uh, this is for the Bengals. With 142 left in the game and the Bengals down by three points, quarterback Joe Burrow throw a strike on third and goal to wide receiver Tyler Boyd, who matched up against a linebacker. Boyd only dropped three passes last season. On Sunday, he had two drops, including the, this one in the fourth quarter. Um... The Bengals had to sell for a game-tying field goal. Then the Texans marched 55 yards down the field. Texans killer Matt Eminadola, 
who was a free agent one week ago, made a 38-yard field goal as the clock expired. Boyd is going to put a lot on him because it was the end of the game. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said, but there were so many opportunities that we ha- uh, that the Bengals had over the course of the game, players and coaches, all of us, that could have done a lot better So in those games. Um, so, yeah, so uh, we'll see. I mean, Bengals pass rusher Trey Hendrickson, top 10 in the NFL with 8.5 sacks, suffered a hyperextended knee when uh, Texans wide receiver Noah Brown fell into him, source said. He's having an MRI with the hope that it's a short-term absence. Um and let's talk about uh, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud came back from behind, won again, 30-27, uh, got the field goal right at the end. Uh, C.J.'s looking good. There's still talks of him being the uh, MVP. I don't know about that. He would be the second rookie to do it behind Jim Brown in 1957. Um, I think that's pretty much a long shot, but uh, I do think he's a lock for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And, uh, yeah, we'll see right there. We'll know more about that when the Texans face uh, the uh, the Cardinals on Sunday. So, uh, so yeah, it should be great. Let's talk about the NBA. Uh, yeah. So, NBA today, we got Wizards and the Raptors. We got the uh, New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. And we got the Chicago Bulls and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so, the power rankings for week four, we have the... Uh, Philadelphia 76ers are rise to the top. The Sixers move to number one as the Rockets, Wolves, Thunder, and Pacers get their top 10 footing in our weekly survey. This comes from the NBA. It still seems really early, but the 2023-24 season is almost 12% complete, and games that have been played over the first three weeks count just as much as any going forward. Some teams have just put themselves in a better position than we could have expected, while others have dug themselves into a small hole. As we enter week four in the NBA, there are still 44 of the 60 and season tournament games left to play. Half those 44 will be played on Tuesday and Friday with some fun matchups. Spurs versus Thunder on Tuesday and Rockets versus Clippers on Friday. Yes, Rockets and Clippers. East versus West um, is 23. The East is 23 and 22 against the West in interconference games after going 11 to 6 last week. Um, Week 4 team to watch, the Minnesota, the Wolves' six-game winning streak includes wins over the Denver Nuggets, the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors. More challenges lay ahead with another game against the Golden State Warriors. It visits to the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much the weekly breakdown for the NBA. Um, let's talk about the Houston uh, Rockets here for a minute. The Rockets end up winning the, their game against one of the best teams in the league, the Denver Nuggets, 107-104. The Rockets are now 6-3 after starting with a dismal 0-3 start. Um, let's see here. Three, th- three things that stood out in the Houston Rockets, 104-101 win over the Pelicans. Uh, this is uh, the game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, this was last Friday night. Uh, Friday night's matchup with the New Orleans Pelicans running a four-game winning streak for the last two days. Alperin Singun's status was in doubt, but we got the word right before the start of the game that he will indeed play. The Pelicans got back Zion Williams, Williamson after he missed his prior game due to personal reasons. Uh, the Rockets didn't start fast in that game, but still found a way to win. During the Rockets' winning streak, specifically the last three games, they got off to a fast start and held double-digit leads early in their previous game versus the Lakers. The Rockets put the game away in the first half and coasted in the second half. Uh, Friday night versus the Pelicans, Houston started slowly as they trailed by eight midway through the first quarter. 
The Rockets came out sluggish, and no one outside of Jalen Green and Sagan could make a shot. The Rockets, however, started to get it going, only trailing by five despite shooting only 33% of the field while the Pelicans shot over 70%. Rockets slowly started to chip away at the Pelicans' lead, outscoring the Pelicans by nine in the second quarter to take a four-point lead into the half. Um, yeah. So the Rockets are on a winning streak right now after starting 0-3. Uh, let's keep it up, Houston, Houston Rockets. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be great. I think it's uh, – I hope the Rockets have a good year. I, I see the Rockets and I see the Houston Texans moving up in basketball and football. And we'll see what happens with the Astros as the, uh, as the trade deadline starts to loom around. And we'll see who stays and who goes and who's going to offer the most money, like uh, Moneyball. Um, let's talk about the uh, New England Patriots and their game in Frankfurt, Germany. The NFL has a game in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, the New England Patriots had a game against the um, Indianapolis Colts. This was the final yesterday in Frankfurt, Germany. The Colts 10 and the Patriots 6. Um, the QB, Mac Jones, uh, was benched in the final drive, bringing in uh, the second-string QB, Robert uh, Sapia. Uh, let's see here. This is a report from ESPN. Patriots bench QB Mac Jones for final drive and loss to Colts. Frankfurt, Germany. New England Patriots quarterback Mike, Mac Jones was pulled from Sunday's 10-6 loss to the Indianapolis Colts at Frankfurt Stadium, throwing a fourth-quarter interception while Coach Bill Belichick uh, turning to backup Bailey Zappi. I'm sorry, I said Robert. Bailey Zappi with 152 remaining. I thought it was time for a change, Belichick said after the game. Jones benching sparks question on whether he will keep the starting job for the second half of the season. He had already been pulled from two games earlier in the season against the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints, but the outcome was well in the hand of those games. This was different as the Patriots took over at their 14-yard line with a chance to drive for a game-winning score. Zappi was ultimately intercepted and extinguished the team's comeback hopes. Asked about the quarterback position going forward, Belichick said, we'll worry about that next week, and then the next week, the game just got over. The Patriots are 2-8 and eight and have a bye next, next weekend. I played well in my career before, but not right now. Jones said it's peak and valleys. I'm kind of in a valley right now. I have, I just have to bounce back. Uh, New, New England had been driving for a potential go-ahead touchdown, advancing to the Colts' 15-yard line when Jones was intercepted by safety Julian Blackman. On his throw, well short of his intended receiver with 424 remaining. It was a terrible throw. He hit it in practice, just not a good throw. I knew there it go. Just didn't do it right, Jones said. There were some things I was working, though, but it doesn't matter. No excuses. So... Uh, it was a close game. The Colts did end up winning, though, 10-6. to uh, Will Mac Jones, quarterback Mac Jones of the New England Patriots, who are fourth in the AFC East, uh, be the starter in the second half of the season? We'll see. We'll see. You know, I think uh, Bill Belichick's job is on the line, too. Um, there were rumors going around that Bob Kraft might let him finish out the season and then let Bill Belichick go. Um I know there are rumors going around that Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft are not having a great time so far. Bill Belichick says, well, I'm coming back for all of it. I want all the money um, in, in his contract extension, kind of like what Jimbo Fisher did in college football and Texas A&M. So uh, we'll see right there. Um, will there be a, uh, a uh, overseas football team? The NFL is a huge market for London, England, and Germany, and uh, Great Britain and, and Europe and whatnot. There are many, many fans over there that represent all kinds of teams. The Houston Texans, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the Indianapolis Colts, they represent it all, right? The Dallas Cowboys is another one. Um, 
I remember uh, talking to a few of my buddies in London, and, and uh, they think that uh, there will be a professional football team overseas in Europe or uh, London or, um, or uh, Frankfurt, Germany, or, or just anywhere. I think that's why the NFL is testing the waters. I think that's why we have overseas games. And the outcome, the uh, fan base is huge over there. So I do think we'll see a team in uh, overseas here pretty soon. Um, when will that happen? I have no idea yet, but I think the NFL is testing the waters. Uh, and other than that, that's it, guys. That's it for our show. Make sure you hit the little subscribe button, and you guys take care, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. Bye.